Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And I want to very quickly remind you guys again about the retreat coming up in October in Colombia, Santa Marta, Colombia, October 8th. It's one week, October 8th to the 15th. And brothers, it is a transformational retreat. People have been asking. So what I want you guys to do is go to awakentheoneretreats.com and fill out the application if you have any interest at all and someone will get a hold of you. It might even be me. I might be giving you a call or having you set up a, a call with me or it might be one of the other guys, but go to that website, go to that landing page where there's a little application for the retreat, fill that out and we'll get a hold of you to answer your questions. If you have any questions at all, if this is resonating with you at all, But here's what I want you guys to know, because I haven't given you a lot of information, and there's more information on the landing page. If you go to Awaken on the website, if you go to awakentheoneretreats.com, and make sure that's a plural, retreats, because I'm going to be doing more than one retreat. So that's awakentheoneretreats.com. Fill out that application. But here's what I do want you guys to know, because sometimes people have been asking me, but here's the thing. With retreats, there's always a focus, right? Like maybe it's a meditation retreat. Maybe it's a yoga retreat. Maybe it's a tantra retreat. Maybe it's a couples retreat. Maybe it's a empowerment retreat, right? Brothers, I want you guys to know this is a transformation retreat. It's a transformational retreat. And the analogy or the mythology that I'm using, that we are using, me and my brothers that are going to be guiding you along this week, is the mythology of the matrix, is the mythology of awakening the one within you, awakening the Neo within you. So when you're awakened, you're awakened so you can see the matrix. You can see what is this thing? What is this operation of control? And then you can be in control. You can be empowered to take back and operate and live, experience, manifest, create your life the way you Choose, will, decide, determine, and so on. So it's a transformational retreat, brothers. Here's my guarantee for you. What we do in there is going to be so much stuff. It's it's all on the website. Go to the website. So I'm not going to list it here because I want to get into the, to the content today. But what I will guarantee you is that you won't be the same person leaving that you were arriving. In one week, you will be transformed. And you will take that transformation back into your life and begin to transform whatever in your life, in that environment, was shifted energetically when you were in Colombia. Now, the reason why I bring that up and the reason why I I talk about the matrix and, and why I'm going to talk about it a little bit today is because I'm going to reveal to you what is the matrix, <laughs> right? Because in the movie, the movie's a wild movie. It's a bit of a documentary, but it's very difficult to kind of understand it and you can always interpret it any way you want. That's the beauty of mysticism is that it's it's really the interpretation is is up to the listener. And the way I understand the matrix is very quickly, I'm going to 
review with you guys the universal truth. Remember, the universal truth is that circumstances, the things that happen outside of us, right, our life as it's unfolding. Now, we say it's the present. Generally, it's the present. It includes the past because the past was the present. It includes other people because they're in the present. We can just say the circumstance is the outer world, right? It's the outside world. But it's not the subjective outside world. It's the objective outside world. It's the outside world that everybody would agree to. So, for example, everybody would agree that there's a tree, there's a lake, there's a river, right? There's a mountain. Not everybody would agree that there's a tall tree, right? There's a fast flowing river or there's a large lake, right? Because these adjectives are subjective. That's where we get into the thoughts. So the circumstances are there. They exist outside of us that trigger our thoughts. Our thoughts are our subjectivity. They are our perspective of the world. And our thoughts begin the process of both experience and manifestation because What our thoughts do will immediately give us a feeling, right? Our thoughts create our feelings. That's the experience that we're having in the present. But our feelings will then drive our actions, and our actions will determine our results, which eventually become our our outcomes, right? They become our life, with our manifestation. So all the things that we have in our life, all the results, all the recreations in our life is from our stories, is from our thinking. And that's the empowering part of this work, is that you are in control, you are in charge. This idea that I'm in control because I have to control the outside world is erroneous. You can't control the outside world, but you can control the inner world. And the inner world is the only world you need to control because that's the one where all your power exists anyways and is in the power of experience and of result. So that's the universal truth. But what is the matrix then, brothers? What is the matrix? The matrix is sort of this little subline between the C and the T. So I want you to bear with me here for a second, because again, I'm going to tell you guys a story, right? I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a mythology here. You see, the cells in your body, it's not really mythology. I mean, it's science, but science is a mythology, right? Science is not truth. Brothers, the truth is within you. Okay, understand this. The truth is within you. Science is not the truth. If you look to science for the truth, then you're looking outside of you for what is true, and you will never find the truth outside of you. The truth is within you. What science does is it gives us some type of way to create inner consistency, (laughs) right? Like mathematics and physics and, you know, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. You know, all of the beautiful things about sacred geometry and the Fibonacci sequence and, you know, one plus one equals two and, and gravity, the way gravity works and electromagnetism and all of that stuff all that quote-unquote science, right, physics, chemistry, it's just a way to create some kind of internal consistency. It doesn't make it true. And we know it doesn't make it true because we're constantly discovering deeper and deeper levels and layers of science that are disproving previous layers and levels of science. And if we can discover new things that are disproving old things, then it cannot be true. The old things weren't true. The new things aren't true either, brother right? Like they're just ways of understanding, creating inner consistency. But the truth is within you, okay? So when we talk about science, recognize that it's all just a story. Everything is a story. 
Right? And the current story we have about our cellular biology is that the cells of our bodies, the little cells that make up our bodies, actually your body is not one complete organism. It's made up of billions of little organisms, billions of little cells. We have cells in your for your bones, cells that make up your bones, and cells that make up your muscles, and cells that make up your skin, and cells that make up your blood. Of course, you know, you have blood cells and cells that make up all your different organs and tissues and all the different things, right? All the different nerve cells in the electrical wiring systems of the nerves. So you have all these cells. The entire body is basically just a bunch of cells working together, stuck together, being held together, moving through time and space together. It's a wild, magical thing. But you are essentially a group of cells. That's what your body is, right? Not you, <laughs> but your body. The body is a group of cells. Now, these cells have consciousness. The way we define consciousness, at least Currently, the way we talk about consciousness is, is awareness. The cells have awareness, specifically self-awareness. There's always a perspective from the position or from the point of view of the cell. You know, your cells, they have an engine. They have a mitochondria. They have a nucleus. They have a, they have a membrane, you know, a wall around them. They have proteins. You know, there are things that are happening in them. They, they are aware of themselves. They have needs. Here's the thing, brother. They have needs. They have desires. That's how we know they have consciousness because they will shift and change according to, to their environment according, and that consciousness is a part of how that works. Right? And I've told you guys a little bit of the story about how that works, about how emotions work. But I want to quickly tell you it again because it's, it bears um, importance on this, on this, on understanding how the cells are, are kind of feeding you stories. I know that sounds crazy. It's like, what? These little guys inside of me, these little things, these blood cells and skin cells and, and bone cells and, and muscle cells are, are, are feeding me. They're telling me. They're the ones giving me source. Yeah, a little bit. And I'm going to get there because I want you guys to understand we have experience. Feelings are essentially chemical reactions, right? They're chemical reactions. They're vibrations. They're signals that happen in the cell. So the brain is like a receiver, right? It receives thought receives mental energy, thought energy. And when it receives this mental energy, it starts to electrically fire. That's how when we set up the little things on the on the brain and we can watch it, we can see it on the, on the televisions, we can see the, the scans, we can watch it light up, we can watch it fire different parts of the brain when different thoughts are, are being thunk. And so we know that different parts light up in different ways for different thoughts. But it's all electrical, right? It's a neural network. It's sending messages and, and it's doing that in a certain pattern based on the way this net, this neural network has been laid down, based on the way this neural network has been created, there's going to be a certain pathway that this electrical impulse follows. So consider the thought to be this mental energy, this invisible energy of a high vibration that gets picked up by a receiver, the brain, that immediately begins a process of electrical signaling. It's now sending a signal through a network, through a neural pathway. And that neural pathway is lighting up until it gets to its destination, which is the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus is the chemical center. It's the, it's the pharmacy of the brain where now that we have this imagery, we have this sentence, we have this idea, we have this thought, we have this electrical piece, this electrical uh, network, this electrical story that's been told through the movement of this electricity. Now the chemical is released into the bloodstream, into the body, and it's done so in these little chemicals called neurotransmitters, neuropeptides. They look like keys, but you can call them keys. 
that go into the bloodstream. So you have all these keys floating through the blood. I know, I know I need a YouTube channel because I really need to like draw this out for you guys so you guys can see this. You have little keys floating through your bloodstream until they get to the cells. Now cells are everywhere, right? Your cells are your whole body. So they're really happening. It's all happening at once. And when they, these keys, these neuropeptides, when they get to the cells, they meet the cell around the membrane, which is the shell of the cell, right? The way the egg has a shell, the membrane is the shell. And around the shell, around the membrane, are these receptor sites, which are the key holes. And every key, like sadness is a key, and anger is a key, and happiness is a key, and anxiety is a key, right? So every key has its own key hole, has its own key lock. And so every cell has a different lock for the different key, and everyone is capable of receiving these different Keys, okay? So the more you send out these keys, the more these keys are gonna be bombarding these cells and as these keys bombard these cells, they go into the keyholes, unlock the cell, go into the cell and create the chemical reaction of whatever the chemical or the neuropeptide is that was sent out based on, again, the feeling, based on the experience, based on that reaction, that chemical vibration. Then you start to act because then the uh, cell will send a signal to the body to act. And that's where the action comes from, right? The fight or flight or the, you know, and all the things that happen with that and more specific things, right? An increase of heart rate, increase of respiratory rate and increase of perspiration, a change of blood flow, all of that, which has a lot to do with the fight or flight. So that's all the signaling. So knowing that then, and knowing also that these cells, when they split, when they split, they replicate. So if you have a cell that has been bombarded with, say, for example, sadness, and you have a human being who's been diagnosed with quote-unquote depression, then you have these cells have created more and more and more receptor sites for the chemical, the neuropeptide that we call sadness, right? It's, it has like a chemical name, but we go, it goes into there. And then as these cells, as they replicate, as they split, as they create a daughter cell or sister cell, they will have the same amount of receptor sites for that neuropeptide, for sadness. So now you have more cells in this human, in this body. This body is made up of more cells that have more receptor sites for more of the neuropeptide we call sadness. Okay, so you're with me so far on this. Now, now all this is happening unconscious to our mind because our mind and our body are, are split, right? We're in this duality. The human condition is a condition of duality. So our mind is in one place, our body is in another. That's why we have this uh, feeling of disconnection, right? That's why we're having this experience and our whole sort of journey here <laughs> is to remember that we are one and to remember that we're here to enjoy and have fun and experience, but we're kind of in the state of suffering because of our disconnection, because of our state of separation. So our mind is separate from all the things and processes that are happening in our body. And that's what's happening in our body, is that our cells are getting fed over and over this experience, this feeling, this emotion, whatever you want to call it. Now, we know the word addiction. We understand this word addiction, right, brothers? We have it. It's out there, especially for those of us in our 40s. <laughs> we know that in the 80s, the United States was on this, you know, just say no thing about drugs and addiction and everything else. So we know about addiction. We know what it is. And we've seen it in the world. We see it with all kinds of different things. We see it with drugs. We see it with gambling. We see it with alcohol. We see it with pornography. We see it with lots and lots of different things. We see it with sugar, food, you know, video games, all kinds of stuff. So we know that addiction's out there, but here's the thing I want to throw at you. And here's really where the matrix exists. Every single human being that is not inner self-managed or actively working on inner self-management is by definition addicted. And they're addicted to the chemical emotion that they 
are unconsciously unable to control and unable to stop feeling. And that's, the, that's a lot of the work in, that we do in the academy. That's what we call healing, by the way. That's what we call forgiveness and healing, is work on moving through or overcoming the emotions of the past. Because really, we're all addicted to our emotions of the past. We're all addicted to some kind of emotion that these cells in our body have replicated. You know, they've split and they've, and they've uh, replicated each other identically. When they split, when they replicate, they are identical versions. You know, they're twins. And whatever emotions of the past that we were bombarding these cells with, as they've replicated over and over and over and over, now the cells are down there kind of like these little addicts saying, hey, I've got all these receptor sites. I've, I've built in all these keyholes for... What? What is the emotion that you feel and you feel as though you cannot escape, that you're doing all your thought downloads around, all your models of alignment around? What is in the F line of your unintentional model of alignment, brother? What is that? Is it victimization, right? Are you going around? Are you living through life acting like a victim? right? Is it sadness? Maybe you're on medication. Like maybe you're taking some kind of medication for depression. Maybe sadness is the chemical addiction. There's the emotional addiction. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe stress is what's in your life so prevalent that you're not even aware of it. You're so detached from it. You're not even aware of it, right? Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's regret. Maybe it's remorse. Maybe it's one of these other emotions that you're constantly cycling an event from the past over and over in your mind and you're living through that by punishing yourself, by beating yourself up. That's all just the cells, right? It's just the cells looking to get that feeling, looking to get that experience, looking to get that emotion. Now, here's where the matrix comes in, brother. The matrix comes in, like I said, it's like a little subline between the C and the T because the C, the circumstance, is the hologram. This has to be very, very clear. I really want you guys to understand this. The circumstance is the hologram. It's data. That's all it is. It's data. In fact, it's the gooey mess that doesn't exist the moment we turn our backs. And I know that that's something that may not be understood completely because if a tree falls in the woods and no one is around to hear it, it doesn't make a sound, right? This koan, this riddle has been asked for thousands of years. Right? It's just one of these things that the mind cannot understand. And although science is now determining that the answer, in fact, is no, it doesn't make a sound, <laughs> which is absolutely baffling and wild to the human mind, we still can't really know what it does do because there's no observer, right? And since there's no observer, we, we just, we, we won't ever know. So the matrix is this gooey wave of oneness where anything is possible, right? It's just data, it's just information. I'm sorry, that's the hologram. That's not the matrix. That's the circumstance. That's the hologram. So what is the machine world then? What is the machine world? What is this world that seems to be using our consciousness, using our energy for its own purpose, to create its own experience? And I think I might have just led you into that answer. I think you guys that you guys that are very astute, very keen, probably are saying, oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah, brothers, the hologram, if we talk about the world, the external world, the, the external world is a, is a hologram of data, right? And if we talk about the matrix, then yes, it can be the matrix. It can be the hologram of data. But I don't think that the matrix is run by or created by the machines. We'll use the term machines, if you guys remember that movie, by the machines. I think it's just there. It's just there. Like I say, the circumstance is there. It is. It is one. It is always there. It is an infinite and eternal 
state of potential, state of pure and infinite potential. I mean, the possibilities are endless, right? That's what it is. That's what the quote unquote matrix or the circumstance is. So what is running is, well, it's not the machines. It's not a mechanical matrix. It's a cellular matrix. It's the cells of the body. It's the cells of the body that are sending impressions, right? And what is an impression? An impression is thought energy. It's energy. It's mental energy. That's so vibrating so fast. You can't see it, right? Mental energy. So, you have these cells that are sending impressions to the brain, to the receiver, to trigger the neural network, the sentence, the story, the memory that will elicit the drug, the neuropeptide, the cells are seeking, the cells are addicted to. So it's this cycle. So basically the cells are telling a story to the brain that they know will get the brain to release the drugs from the pharmacy, which is the hypothalamus, and then they're going to get their drugs. And that's the cycle. They tell the story, drugs are released, they get their drugs, they're happy. Tell the story, drugs get released, they get their drugs, they're happy. Now, they're happy. The cells are happy because they have their drug, they can animate, they can do their stuff, and that's why they're the machine world, right? They're using you to get their energy. Their energy is the hypothalamus. From the hypothalamus, their energy is the neuropeptide, right? It's their drug. So they're the machine world. They're the cellular controllers. I know it sounds wild, but they're happy. But you may not be happy, right? Because the story they tell you may not feel good to you. Sadness may not feel good. Anger may not feel good. Shame, guilt, resentment. These things may not feel good, but they don't care because they don't know it doesn't feel good. They just know it feels. Right? They just know it feels what it feels like to them, and that's what they're used to, and that's what they're familiar with, and that's where we get back to the universal truth. That's where we get back to the motivational triad. These cells are just doing what is familiar to them. They're using you to create their own familiarity of energy. That's the consciousness. Is it cellular consciousness that's running your life? The consciousness of your cells, the consciousness of your past? Or is it spiritual consciousness that's running your life? The consciousness of your soul, the consciousness of your alpha state. The beta condition is your past. The beta condition is your cells, right? Consciousness uses mind to engage the brain to release the emotion. And the consciousness is either activating the mind by the cells, right? By sending the cell sending impressions, which is coming from the past, right? Because they're used to their emotion from the past, Right? So they're using that past. They're using that, those stories. Or is the consciousness coming from your prefrontal cortex, from your alpha state, from your higher self, where now you are guiding the mind to activate the brain, to send the emotions that drive the actions that get the results that you're seeking, right? So it's, it's a cellular versus spiritual consciousness. <laughs> it's a beta versus alpha, right? Beta is the cellular, alpha is the spiritual. And that's how you can know, brothers. That's how you can know. It's past versus future, right? If you're thinking about the past, if you're engaged with the past, if you're telling yourself a story of have to, have to comes from the past. You don't have to do anything unless you're telling yourself a story from the past because you wake up in the morning and you never have to do anything for the first time. You may want to do something for the first time, but you never have to do anything for the first time. The things that you tell yourself you have to do are the things that are usually telling yourself that you have to do because you did them yesterday and they're just a part of your routine and therefore they're coming from the past. Even your name, brother, is a part of your cellular consciousness. 
You wake up in the morning and the cells remind you of your name so they can begin to remind you of your identity, so they begin to tell you those stories, those familiar stories, to get those familiar emotions. <laughs> and that's why we're just emotional junkies. That's why we're just emotional addicts. And that's why we are not living the lives of our dreams. We're living the lives of ourselves' dreams. We're living the lives of the matrix dreams. And the matrix, again, is not the outer world. The matrix is the cellular world. It's the cells. It's the cellular world. It's your past. It's your past, both your childhood past and your heredity past, right? Because the cells come from your mom and your dad. It's all the form. It's all the stuff in the third dimension. Think about that in that terms, in those terms. Alpha, beta, spiritual, cellular. The realm of energy versus the realm of matter. You're a spiritual being. You're an energetic being. And when you're engaged with that energetic higher self, you're planting seeds of creation. Your thoughts are based around the future. Your thoughts are based around service and manifestation and, and growth and expansion and love, right? That's when you're in your higher self. You're thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past because the past there's, because there's nothing there. The only thing in the past is the reaffirmation of who you were. Now, you may want to be in part who you were yesterday, but that doesn't mean that you're repeating yesterday. That means you're rechoosing anew. And rechoosing anew means living in the present. And that's another way that you can know whether you're living in the spiritual or the cellular consciousness is by future versus present. <laughs> Did I just lose you there, brothers? Did I just lose you? Because I just said that past versus future is one of the ways to know. Whereas if you're in the past, you're in the cellular you're in the matrix, you're in the machine world. And if you're in the future, then you're in the spiritual, right? You're in the consciousness. You know, you're planning, you're creating, you're manifesting. But another way is future versus present. Because you can be in the future. You can be in the future and worried and afraid and doubtful. And that would be the cells. That would be the cells looking for those vibrations, looking for those experiences, looking for the vibration of doubt looking for the vibration of, of worry, looking for the vibration of anxiety. Brother, remember, these are all derivatives of fear. They're all low vibrations. And I don't want to say fear is bad. I want to say it's a low vibration. Why is it a low vibration? Because it comes from the body, it comes from the cells, it comes from the world of form. So the vibrations have a ceiling. They can only go so fast because they're coming from the cells versus from the higher self, which is in another plane, <laughs> right? Which is a whole other dimension of, of, of speed when it comes to vibration, when it comes to movement. So the vibrations can be faster. This is where we get into love and generosity and gratitude and so on. So of course, they're going to be slower. Of course, they're going to be these slower vibrations, these more, these more survival-based vibrations. But even, even in the future, you'll know, oh, I'm thinking about the future, but I'm not enjoying my thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about creating something new or about building something to serve or about doing something that that benefits people or benefits the world. I'm worried about not having, <laughs> right? I'm worried about losing something that I have or, or not having something that I, or continuing to not have something I think I need. And that's a cellular. So we come back to the present. What, where, where are you in presence? In presence, you're back in the spiritual consciousness again because you're back here. You're back to witnessing what's happening. And you can't be present and not be grateful. All of you brothers know I don't like using the word can't. 
there's it's a very rare occasion I'll ever use the word can't because can't is a complete negative. It means an impossibility. In the world of eternal and infinite possibility, an impossibility is impossible, <laughs> right? So I don't like using the word can't. But I, I will say that, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to be able to do that. You know, you guys, when you're in the present moment, truly, truly, deeply rooted in the present, it's hard to be anything but grateful because there you are in the middle of it all, in the middle of life, in the middle of perfection, in the middle of love unfolding all the time. It's, I mean, when you're truly, truly present, you may think you're present and not be present and feel something other than gratitude, but that's because you think you're present and you're not really present. That's why I'm saying can't, but I want to be careful with that because I also don't want to use the word can't. And then the last way to do it, brother, or not the last way, but another way to do it is energy versus identity. Look, if you're thinking of yourself as an identity, then you're reaffirming who you were yesterday because the identity doesn't exist anywhere except for yesterday. Yeah, you can create a new identity today, but if you're thinking about an identity that didn't exist before today, then you're in the past. That it's the cells. And there's nothing wrong with it either. Like I say, I will always tell you, brothers, there's nothing wrong with the beta condition. There's nothing wrong with living in the beta. There's nothing wrong with living in a cellular life, living a life where you're feeding your cells. I mean, we talk a lot about buffering and buffering is feeding the cells dopamine. That's an emotionally detached life. But it's no different than being in a reactive state, you know, to being reactive to your emotions all the time. That's a similar addiction. I'm reacting to control. I'm always needing to be in control. So I'm reacting to that control. Or I'm always needing to be a victim. So I'm reacting to anything in the circumstance, anything in the matrix, right? Any, or anything in the, in the neutral outer world that's going to get me feeling like a victim. And why? Because I've, over my past, throughout my past, my cells have replicated and replicated and replicated in such a way that they've created more and more receptor sites for victimization because I'm choosing to feel it, because I feel it so often. I'm, my brain is sending these keys of victimization. And so my cells are creating more and more keyholes and then replicating and replicating and replicating with more and more keyholes. So now there's so many keyholes on my cells for victimization that these cells are actually sending impressions through their little, 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 little consciousnesses, right? Understand this. Cells have consciousness. We know they have consciousness from a position, from the perspective of the cell. They have self-awareness. So they have consciousness. They're sending little impressions to the brain. Said, ah, victim, 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 because they need that neuropeptide. Now, they're not trying to hurt you. They just need that chemical. They don't know what a victim is. They don't know what a victim feels like. They don't know the experience that your mind and identity are having. They only know that they're getting the chemical. They only know that they're getting the neutral chemical and vibrating through that neutral reaction. It's the identity. It's the identity of being the victim. It's the identity of who you were. Are you identity? Are you in a pattern? Are you in a mental, emotional, and, and actionable or behavioral pattern? And if you are, then you're probably linking with your identity. Now, when you start to make that shift to recognizing that your energy, then you begin to let go of the identity. And that is a little bit deeper because it has to do with identity, has to do with ego death, but it has to do with potential versus position. When you are attached to limiting beliefs, when you believe that you are who you are, this position, this limitation, and you're no longer looking at the infinite potential of what's possible, 
then you're thinking more of identity and less as energy. And brothers, this all comes down to inner self-management. This all comes down to inner self-management. Here's where I end the podcast by once again talking about the academy, because this is what we do in the academy. You, we inner self-manage. The outer world doesn't need to be managed. The outer world is information. The outer world is just there for us to experience the information and basically subjectify it. <laughs> subjectify it with, with, with joy and with, with fun and with wonder and awe and play and, and give and share. And that's what's happening outside of us. Everything is within us. Everything that we need to manage is within us. There's nothing outside of us that we need to manage. So it's all about inner self-management. And in the past, the only way to do that was to be a monk, <laughs> right? The only way to do that was to go into a temple or an ashram or to go into a cave and just, you know, meditate and inner self-manage. But that's not the way it is anymore, brothers. That's not the way it is anymore. You know, you can inner self-manage yourself. You can be an avatar. You can be a master. You can be an alpha male and not have to go and, and be a monk. You can live the spiritual life. You can be a spiritual being living a human life. And that's what we do in the academy. We bring awareness to the mind. We bring awareness to the body. We bring awareness to the energy. And we inner self-manage all of it. Cognitive mastery and emotional ownership. And that's what I have for you today, brothers. I'm very looking forward to seeing 12 of you. <laughs> I want to say all of you. I'd love to see all of you. But I'm looking forward to seeing 12 of you in Colombia in October. And until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.